What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Movie Crush, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Mini Crush Monday with Charles W. Chuck Bryant speaking. And I have uh, I have Noel Bryant on the line. Noel, can you Noel hear Bryan? me? Noel Bryant? Noel Bryant? I love this. I just say I, Noel Bryant. You kind of did. God damn it, Noel. It's okay. And, and I tell you, that, yeah, I, I say this often. Uh, sometimes your opening has a, a certain cadence to it. Today, it had the cadence of an auctioneer. Like, hey, everybody, <laughs> welcome to Mini Crush Monday. I want to talk about it. And so, you ever America. been to an auction like that? I have been to an auction of horse sperm. <laughs> Whoa! All right, let's talk. Uh, it was uh, <laughs> Augusta, Georgia, my my hometown. Uh, I used to work for public radio, uh, and I would I would cover various things. And the, we have this a uh, very popular event called the Augusta Futurity, which is a horse event where they you know jump over shit and then there's all these like adjacent events and one of them was a horse auction for not actual horses but breeding rights to horses okay and what you're actually buying is semen hmm interesting all mm -hmm. right okay that's exactly and, what i thought it would be yeah that's what it is it wasn't just for funsies. It was definitely like, and the, the shit was, ex, you know, expensive because it was like, you know, the yeah. semen of a prized Palomino right. or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Well, that's amazing, Noel Bryan. I love it. Thanks, Chuck Brown. Uh, and since you brought up uh, horses, I might as well plug my friend's uh, new project called Heart Horse. Uh, my dear friend Meredith from college and beyond 
is uh or college forward is what i mean by that yeah she is uh an equestrian and loves horses since she was a little girl and they have helped her in her life so she launched this website called heart horse where they tell these great stories about people and their horses and uh if you're into horses you should go to heart horse check it out it's really lovely stuff and that meredith is lovely. awesome cool one of my great great friends all right so noel we're gonna get it going we're gonna jump right on in today we have a couple of segments uh i asked the crushers yesterday what is your favorite new york movie or tv show uh in that it really just nails what new york is all about and like uh and as also said if you haven't been to new york maybe let us know if your pick is the new york you might imagine is what new york is does that make sense it does it's interesting too because it's like it, it, New York is easier to kind of sum up in a movie, I think, than say L.A. Because L.A. is just so sprawling and all over the place. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's not one L.A. and there's not one New York either. But New York is a little more encapsulatable. That's a word I just uh, I, made up. I think I agree with you. Mm -hmm. L.A. movies, like you can have your get shorties and your L.A. stories and your movies that kind of skewer Hollywood and that whole L.A. thing. But then you can do Paul Thomas Anderson in the Valley. A completely different LA it is uh or you know movies you know kind of depends on like you said it's so spread out on where you are in LA because mm -hmm. it's can be very different but New York New York's New York you know it's true it's true um gosh uh, 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 that, that's a good question I'm trying to think um do you have one that pops to mind Chuck well I know one that we both agree on um is high maintenance yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's such a good uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, a good kind of like frame for just like exploring different aspects of the city and the yeah. different types of people that live there. And, Very you know, accurate even, and real. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's that's a good one for sure. Love it. Uh, but we're gonna start with uh, Catherine uh, Brenack says, "I'm not sure I'd try to describe a city half the size with one movie, but." Panic and Needle Parker Taxi Driver seems accurate for the time period mm. uh, based on what I've heard from people who grew up there. Yeah, I could definitely see that. And one one that comes to mind for me is um, the movie Bad Lieutenant with Harvey Keitel. Ooh, um, it's, 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 it's very bleak, but, but I'll tell you, it's interesting because it, it's a movie that came out in the 90s, but in the 90s, New York still looked like the New York of like the seventies. Mm -hmm. It was very graffitied up and like yeah. kind of like raunchy and edgy. And now it's been a lot more sanitized and kind of cleaned up. And yeah. um, so when you see Bad Lieutenant, even though you're watching a movie that looks like you know that feels very seventies, it was absolutely shot in the nineties, um, which I think is interesting because I, I I think I've mentioned I grew up going to New York a lot and having a lot of free reign yeah, to kind yeah. of like explore it as a very young kid looking back on it now I'm like god that's that so cool crazy but um yeah so I, I very special place in my heart in my life that city yeah I love it I miss but it I remember man. that I remember that era um, when it was much more uh, sketchy but yeah god I miss it too so much yeah my first trip Soon. to New York was in uh 1991 I think Mm. and uh in college i think like sophomore year in college or maybe junior year and uh it was it was everything i thought it would be and that was still when it was sort of you know the meatpacking district and the that side of town was really kind of run down and gross and uh the the Times square still had peep shows and mm -hmm. it was not uh cleaned up yet and you know uh, it's one it's interesting when people sort of yearn for the days when a place was kind of a shithole 
Right. I think there's a middle period, like the the 80s in New York were truly dangerous and and kind of gross and awful. And then I think the 90s, it was better, but still had some of the grit before it was completely cleaned up. I, I get what people mean by losing its character, but also it's like, no, it's great when it was had more rats and crime. That's also right. kind of silly, you know. Love rats and crime. Uh, but not not your like charming ratatouille rats. These are like no. seriously gnarly, uh, you yes. know, rabies and infected rats. That's right. Uh, Michael John says Goodfellas, the most uh, mostly suburban and outer borough New York City. As a native, I can honestly say no, their movie is quite uh, has gotten it quite as right. Yeah, where, where where was Goodfellas? Was that Long Island, Staten Island? It's a good question. It, you know, I feel like it, it had to have been. No, is it not Jersey? I really don't know. Uh, it's not something that they make a big to do about. I mean, I just I've think only of seen it twenty five times. I should know this. <laughs> What's the zoo that they go to with the alligator? Is that like the Brooklyn Zoo? Oh, I feel like shit. it's the, I don't know. the Brooklyn or the Bronx Zoo. I forgot about that scene. They they this they there's like a lion. They they they, they throw a guy in with the lion. <laughs> they feed a body to uh, zoo animals. alligators. Something like that. Anyway, but yeah, I'm blanking I, I, on all of it now. I feel like it's the Bronx Zoo. Yes, I, I bet you're right. Uh, Teresa Barker says, "Not a movie, but pretend it's a city with Fran Lebowitz, quintessential New York City, and makes me ache to be there." Uh, yes, Teresa, I have been. Uh, we have watched a couple of episodes of Pretend It's a City, and I like it quite a bit. Fran Lebowitz is great, national treasure. She's the. Uh, I'd love to see her and Larry, her and Larry David, sit down and have a conversation. Oh God, you're right. She is very Larry David. Uh, Chuck, have you seen Painting with John? No, still have not seen that. Uh, I would recommend it. I think you'd you'd enjoy it. It's this guy, John. John Lurie. Uh, John Lurie, who is in uh, a lot of uh, the um, Jim Jarmusch films. He's just kind of this like weird, out there, cool, kind of like almost like a proto beatnik type dude. Yeah. And he's just hanging out in his crazy pad in the Caribbean somewhere, painting and talking about life. And uh, it's very like, you know, meta and self-referential and um, probably shouldn't never have come to exist, but he happened to make it just for his own uh, edification and showed it to uh, somebody. I think it was um, Will Ferrell's producing partner, who's the director, whose name is escaping me right now. Um, and he like loved it and showed it to Adam HBO. McKay. Adam McKay. And then yeah. HBO was like, here, here, you got yourself a show. Um, and it feels very much like that. Like it just was kind of willed into existence by this guy's own just like creativity. Well, if you do like that, Nolan, I don't know why I haven't, uh, when you mentioned that before, not mentioned this in return. Uh, that is a take on the series he had in 1991 called Fishing with John. I've heard of it. I've not seen it. Which but... was fantastic, where John Lurie would literally just take one person fishing, uh, Tom Waits, Dennis Hopper, mm -hmm. Willem Dafoe. I think uh, Matt Dillon was on one of them. Um, very, very, very fun show. Jim Jarmusch was in one. Got it. Good stuff. Get two dudes in a boat. And that's sort of the premise. A small boat. Uh, all right. Let's move on here to New York again. Dan sure. uh, Chubati. Chubati. I always say your name wrong, Dan. Sorry. Uh, I've never been to New York. Uh, and I know it was filmed in L.A., but I personally to re uh, refuse to believe that the New York and Seinfeld isn't 100% accurate even now. <laughs> that's funny. It's one of those things, too, where it's like, how, do, how does a stand-up comedian afford this apartment? Or like, you know, like uh, whatever. Oh, all like, of them. All of them. The friends? And yeah, friends, the same. Yeah, I think that was one sense. of their, I think it was Monica's grandmother's apartment, though. At least they tried to explain it. Because there's see. no way, you know, in I the see. West Village. Come on. Uh, Anna Shretha, one of our old friends, says, uh, 
I love the weird, quirky version that Broad City shows. Yeah, mm -hmm. totally, mm -hmm. totally, totally. Uh, Jennifer Mudge has never been, but when I think of New York, it's got a Sex in the City vibe, and I know the apartments are way smaller. Yeah, they definitely are. Uh, kids is a good one. Kids is a very raw, like, real, those are all actual, you know, yeah. kids that, real like, kids. ran in those circles and all kind of guerrilla-style shot and uh, very much an accurate depiction of New York during those, those those times. That could have been you, Noel, scampering around as a teenager. Scamping around, breaking into swimming pools. Trying to make out. Oh, yeah. Making out. Making out. Angelo Bacco says, movie-wise, maybe some of Spike Lee's old stuff, like She's Gotta Have It or Do the Right Thing. Yeah, Do the Right Thing, I think, was a pretty good depiction of Brooklyn of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gail the Danger Oven says Ghostbusters 100%. Never been to New York, but since I grew up watching that movie, if New York isn't like that, I'm going to be real pissed off. Yeah, that was a pretty realistic New York, I think, for what it was. Yeah, New York absolutely overflowing with ghosts. No question about it. Uh, Brittany Story, one of our old friends, says, Brittany runs a marathon. has been pretty similar to my own experience of a youngish person finding their way in New York. Named Brittany. Uh, yes, the city can be harsh and a bit brutal, especially when you feel lost, but it also feels full of possibility and wonder. Sure. Uh, yes, totally. I, I, Chuck, I don't know how you feel about that. You, you, did you, you lived in New York for, no, no, maybe not. You lived in LA. I, I lived that. in Jersey for three years okay. and spent Got it. all my time in New York. For sure. And I grew up, like I said, going to New York all the time. And I, I had, you know, this like aspirational thing where I was like, I want to live in New York. And that didn't happen. But, you know, for work, uh, thankfully, I've been able to travel there a lot before, you know, COVID. Um, and I've realized and completely uh, made peace with the fact that I do not want to live in New York anymore. I just want to go there for a while and then come back home to my my home in Atlanta, which is much more my speed because it's a, it is brutal and it is like a, mm -hmm. a, a grind. Like it, it really feels like you're just scrapping just to like get from the store back to your apartment or like it's you know. a tough city. Yeah. And I think uh, I think there's a certain age you reach where you give up on that dream of living in New York for kind of the reasons you mentioned, where you're like, you know, I'm good to visit. And hey, we get to visit, you know, during normal times, you know, four or five, six times a year yeah. for work, which is the yep. best. Someone else pays for it. <laughs> totally. I mean, <laughs> dude, there was a time, you know, the, the when best I way was to see New York. I was going like twice a month, you know, for yeah, sure. like all, before COVID, like just because of taking meetings and stuff. And I think it'll probably not return to that cadence, but uh, I, I do hope it does come back because I have a, I basically have a whole New York family of like a friend group now and yeah. it's, uh, I miss them. I love it. I miss them too. My, my uh, niece Reagan is there and I miss seeing her for sure. Uh, let me see here. Aaron Cooper said Ghostbusters as well. We got Matthew Fober chimed in with. High maintenance, uh, fave, and reminiscent of the times I spent visiting friends from the Midwest who had relocated there. Uh, Erica Z says, Lena Dunham series, Girls, to be fair, whenever I went to uh, visit friends, I lived in Brooklyn, so they had similar living situations. Yeah, Girls was sort of like high maintenance. I thought it was a, a really accurate version of that New York. I love that show. I'm always on record as saying Girls was one of the great, great shows. One of the most well-written shows ever. I don't know why I got Absolutely. bagged on. People don't like Lena Dunham, I think. She just did some stuff in the press that was a little abrasive, but I, I you know, I think that you either can, you can totally be annoyed at her for that stuff or be like, yeah, you go and, and don't be like a predictable kind of wallflower. So um, I respect her as a, as a, as an artist and as a, as a person, but sometimes she does rub me a little bit the wrong way, but um, I think she's very talented. 
Yeah, I mean, I get it. And I think she, uh, I think it seems like some of the like, genuinely more controversial things that happened were after girls. Yes. Or, mm-hmm. or maybe I'm wrong. No, I think that's about right. Anyway. I will say the thing about girls that always bugged me, and I, I thought it was good and I enjoyed watching it, but it just felt like a very privileged perspective you know, of like what it's like to live in New York. And a lot of those characters I just found particular not, not very um, uh, relatable, mm-hmm. you know, or not very uh, sympathetic because they're just kind of like yeah. the, their problems are very, you no, know, surfacey kind tough of characters you know? to love sometimes. Mm-hmm. For sure. I get it. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season... We are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Jake Dingler, I don't think we know Jake. Hi, Jake, says rent. 
Uh, yes, originally a play. Yes, the play was better. And no, I've never been to New York, but that movie made my 15-year-old queer self believe there was something better than the rural outskirts of Cincinnati. I love that, Jake. It's good stuff when a movie can give someone uh, feel like they have a place that they fit in when they might not fit in where they are. It's good stuff. Power of movies and plays. Uh, Kanem Truax says, Russian doll. Yeah. Yeah. Parks and bodegas, eccentric people, artists and jerks. It's all there. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I love that show. That's one I didn't finish, but I very much liked what I saw. It was, uh, it just, you know, it, it has a certain repetition to it, sort of the point. Uh, but I just, I, for some reason, it, it didn't, I loved it. didn't bring me in to, to, to finish it. But uh, I think I saw like four or five episodes. Yeah, I can't wait for the, the next stuff. And I finished Search Party, by the way. I don't think I ever followed up on that. I blazed through Search Party. Cool. Uh, one of my fastest binges, because Emily um, bailed on it after a little bit, but she wanted to know still what was happening, so I was kind of just recapping. Yeah. But just I blazed through that show. You Very liked it? In, I loved it, man. I thought it was cool. a lot of fun. Very cool. Uh, our old friend, uh, Ethan Anastasio, says, in Ghostbusters... When uh, Lewis Tully has chased them all by the hellhound at Tavern on the Green, all those diners look up for a moment and then go right back to their meals. Most New York moment in cinema history. That's a good point. Uh, that's Ethan Yavin, of course. I'm just kidding un about un Unshakable. <laughs> Unflappable New Yorkers. Exactly. You're not going to ruin my $100 meal. Nope. Uh, Alex Perez is the Warriors during, during COVID-19 times. Sometimes it's still a struggle to commute safely on the subway. I mean, New York, the crime has gone up. It's been a little crazy to see some of the stuff that's happened over the past year. Like these sort of random attacks and things that you didn't see for a long time in New York. It's a little scary and disheartening. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Ryan Lee says, what we do in the shadows, they really nail Manhattan and Staten Island. <laughs> that's good stuff. Uh, Steve McGrath says, sweaty Bruce Willis and Sam Jackson. And that Die Hard movie they did there oh, bring yeah. back memories of yes. riding the trains in the summer. Totally, man. That's a very summery New York movie. And I have a very distinct memory because that was, you know, around the time that I was there all the time. And I believe I even maybe saw that while I was in New York. There's a place. I don't think it's there anymore. It's called something different, but it was called Gray's Papaya. And it was a hot dog place. Sure. And, yeah, and yeah. they and they put like papaya on the on the hot dogs. And uh, I remember it was underneath a mattress place called Sleepy's which maybe is still there. It's some, somewhere off of Times Square, but it's, it's, it's very distinctly featured in the movie, and I remember thinking how cool I was because I, I knew that location. Right. I was like, ah, yeah, at the time. Yeah. Uh, our old friend Jimmy Kuykendall agrees with us on high maintenance. Don't think there's a show that better represents any city or diverse population. High praise, indeed. Indeed. Matthew Hunter says, I just watched Dog Day Afternoon, definitely part of the gritty 70s genre. Uh, Michael McGree says, I like the New York from Arthur. Well, Michael, Arthur is one of my favorite all-time comedies. I'm just dying for someone to pick that on Movie Crush. That's with Dudley Moore? Yeah. Yeah. It, it was a very big movie for me as a kid. Saw it over and over and over and over on HBO. Got it. Uh, Joshua Hall says, Escape from New York. Yeah. Another high-maintenance vote from Zach Lowe. Uh, and let me finish up here with this Andrew Cotney says Master of None the Aziz Ansari Netflix show was pretty good yes sure. I love sure 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 I think they might be doing more of those now I think it was just announced after a long break that sounds I think, right I think they're coming back for a new season which mm -hmm. makes me really happy because uh, Master of None is one of the great great shows 
Alright, Noel, uh, we're going to wrap it up with a little segment called Chuck's Holes. Oh, f- I get a chance to redeem myself from you that, do. that debacle? You do, last Noel. One? And you, uh, you know you have to keep score, too. Oh, god damn it! That's the most <laughs> difficult part of this whole experience. I don't have my handy-dandy score sheet. Um, I'll, it's okay, it's fine. Uh, okay. You don't have your custom-made score keeping no, pad? Yeah, that hold on, no, no, I don't. I, I, I don't have it on me right now, but I, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna put, I've got it, I've got my Chuck's Holes list in the notes app, so what I'm gonna do is, uh, put the little checkbox next to him, and if you get one, I'm gonna check it, if you don't, I'm not gonna check it, and then I'm gonna count up the check marks. Does that work? Yes. Great. Making sure I understand the concept of keeping score. Sometimes I just have to keep myself honest here. All right, Chuck. This is Chuck's Holds. All right. Eight, 80s schlocky sci-fi edition. Oh, okay. I could possibly do okay at this one. I think you you definitely could and, <laughs> and right. likely will, but I think it's uh, I, I think it's pretty fair, and I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be, be really honest with the audience because that's just how we do on Movie Crush. Um, I did not get the memo that you wanted me to prepare this, so right before we recorded this, I took about 15 minutes and made this list, yeah. um, and I, I stand by it. Thanks for doing that work at the last minute, Noel. Of course, dude. That's that's what I do. Um, I, I I maybe would put them in a different order, but we don't have time for that. So let's okay. go. Starting the clock. There's no clock on this. Um, <laughs> different how game. about this? This was a, a, of an early Jim Carrey performance uh, in a little movie called Earth Girls Are Easy. I never saw that. Okay. I know. I know the movie. Never saw it. I believe it's got Gina Davis Jeff in it. Jeff Goldblum, if I'm not I think, too, right? Yeah, Jeff Goldblum's in it. Uh, Gina Davis, um, sort of a a, ra- a little raunchy. I think mm-hmm. there was some raunch in it. Might have been a boob or two. Okay. Um, and yeah, that came out in 1988. Uh, I believe the very first Jim Carrey, um, you know, film performance, and he's an alien, and he's covered in like blue fur. Yeah, if I'm not I, mistaken. I should have seen that. I was a junior mm-hmm. in high school. That was right at my alley. Did not yeah. see it. Yep. Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum. I forgot Jeff Goldblum. It's an out of this world, down to earth romantic comedy. That's that's fun. See what they uh, did? Oh, I did. I see exactly what they did. All right, moving on. No check mark for you. All right. Uh, a little movie that uh, was obviously riding the wave of a lot of critter movies that were, um, you know, very much uh, influenced mm-hmm. uh, by Gremlins. A little movie called Munchie. Did not see Munchie. Maybe it's Munchies. <laughs> Let me just double check. I didn't see either one. Okay. Hold it was on. Critters as well. well didn't, I didn't see Critters either. Yeah, it was called Munchies. Uh, it was a Roger Corman production. Oh, okay. Um, and it's 1987 comedy horror film starring Harvey Corman, Charlie Stratton, and Nadine Vanderveld, oh. uh, directed by Tina Hirsch. And it very much... Uh, oh, Tina Hirsch, who actually was the editor for Gremlins. Okay. So, uh, and, and it says even here in the Wikipedia, the film features a remarkably similar plot line. Um, <laughs> so it's it all a, about the creature the eating. Mm-hmm. 100% Gremlins ripoff. Okay, no check mark there. Um, but hey, uh, thanks for not picking Gremlins though, the movie that everyone saw. Well, of course, that w- that wouldn't be fair or fun. <laughs> okay. um, how about Critters? I did not see Critters either. <laughs> did you see Critters too? Because that's no, the one I actually put on the not. list. I wouldn't have okay. known what was going on. That's probably true. I think if I'm not mistaken, young, young, young Leonardo DiCaprio was in one of those Critters Oh, movies. really? Yeah, let's see. Leo. Like, uh, growing, uh, growing He things? was in Critters 3. 
Yes, Critters wow. 3, 1991. Very young Leonardo DiCaprio was okay. in Critters 3. All right. Uh, which and there is some kind of time travel plot line. A lot of these movies were simultaneously influenced by Gremlins and Terminator because there's time travel in this <laughs> one and there's the Gremlinsy kind of little creatures. But it's a lot more gory. These these creatures like um, they can combine their powers into a giant ball and they just roll over like herds of cattle and they just like pick them clean. It's very. Uh, it's all about the the guts and the in the gore. It's very R rated. Okay, right. well, you, there's still plenty of plenty of time here. Chuck. Go for three. That's um, fine. Yeah, uh, a little movie from the very early '80s called Rawhead Rex. No, I've never heard of it. <laughs> Rawhead Rex um, was written by Clive Barker, and that's really the only reason I know about it. Okay, uh, it's a monster movie uh, from 1986. Rawhead Rex. Directed by uh, George Pavlou and written by Clive Barker, a very young Clive Barker. Okay. Okay, here we go. How about Howard the Duck? Uh, yeah, I saw Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck, notoriously panned. Yeah, right? yeah, not not a good movie. Weird yeah, not movie. a good movie. Weird movie based on the Marvel Cinematic Universe, actually. Yeah, I did not know that until later on. I think it was a comic book, right? It was a comic book, and, and they're actually, I believe, in one of those famous post-credit Marvel movie scenes, I believe in one of the Guardians of the Galaxies movies, uh, the character that Benicio Del Toro plays, who is mm-hmm. like called the Collector, yeah, yeah. he has Howard the Duck in his collection in oh, the really? background. Mm-hmm. I don't think I remember that. That's funny. All right, Chuck. Yes. We've got plenty of time. We've got Maximum Overdrive. Oh, sure. Stephen King. Uh, Stephen King. Emilio Estevez. Yes. Uh, machines come to life. Uh, machines, uh, specifically the trucks, but also vending machines. There's a lawnmower, uh, I think, too. Lawnmower. Yeah. There's one of those uh, turkey carving knives, the, the electric carving knives, uh-huh, you know? Sure. Um, famously, uh, King made the trailer for this where he's in it and is clearly very coked up. And he goes, Oh, really? They've told me for years. Uh, you should direct one of your own movies. Or no, for, for years they've, they've been saying, Stephen, why don't you direct one of your own books or whatever? And he goes, I, I just I finally decided if you want to do something right, do it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got this like wild eyed, like crazy look in his eyes. Ooh, uh, very bad, very bad movie. Amelia yeah, Estevez. It, was, it wasn't great, but I did see it. Okay, next we have uh, a movie more famous for its ripoffiness and product placement than anything. Mac and Me. Uh, no, but you know, I know Paul Rudd and Conan O'Brien's uh, yep. <laughs> appearances. So that's, that's all you, I know that movie. That's all you need to see. The yeah, famous I never saw scene. Mac and Me. I saw it when I was a kid. It was just one of those movies at Blockbuster when you pick movies just based on the cover. They probably uh-huh. got a lot of business from people like thinking it. Oh, this looks a lot like E.T. Um, so yeah, that's 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 what it was uh, totally nice. uh, uh, banking on. How about Killer Clowns from Outer Space, Chuck? Uh, I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a sort of a classic B movie cult movie. It is. It is. It's uh, it still comes up on the Netflix recommendations quite often. Uh, oh, yeah. These days. Um, all right. We are moving on. Oh, this was actually remade recently. That's pretty funny. Hold on a second. There's a 2014 version of this, but I can't say for sure if, if this was, uh, in fact, a remake, but there is a 2014 r- r- movie with the same exact name starring Zendaya put up by Disney called Zapped. Yeah. Zapped. That was a movie, I believe Scott Baio was in that. Correct. Uh, and it was one of uh, a, sort of those teen skin flicks where he had a superpower where he, he basically used it to 
to take clothes off of girls if I'm not oh mistaken. My, oh, well, well, ah, <laughs> something like hold, that. You no, know, it's exactly. I mean, Chuck, the the poster says it all. Uh, it's got like it's like one of those amazing illustrated posters. Yeah, yeah. Where it's Scott Bayo and whoever Willie Ames is leaning in through a window with a uh, a woman leaning out of frame and him using his like magic psychic hand to lift up her skirt. That's uh, right. They remade yeah. that, but how in the world do you remake that movie? It obviously has a uh, a woman as the lead. Uh, which maybe that was they just decided we're going to take this sexist 80s comedy and flip the script. Um, and by, I know nothing about it, but it, it is spelled the same. It even has uh, an exclamation mark at the end. Um, but yeah, the the tagline for the movie is they're getting a little behind in their classwork. Oh, good God. It's pretty rough. Uh, yeah, and just if you couldn't guess already, it's about, you know, Scott Bayo's character develops telekinetic abilities and uses it to basically sexually harass women um, i mean is the news app a remake of that or does it just have the same thing let's see zapped 2014 zendaya it's spelled zap yeah okay uh let's see american television film uh average 16 year old whose mother is just remarried they move in let's see where is the thing about tell Oh, she, no, it looks more like she's got a magic remote control. It may just, it, okay. I don't know that it's necessarily considered a remake at all. Oh, it's uh, app and zapped is highlighted, and I think it also has to do with an app. Oh, geez, yep. That sounds That's just as bad it. as the original. It does sound just as bad, but uh, surely In a different a little, way. Yeah, yeah a, little, a little bit different way. Okay. All right. You're back, Chuck. You're back. Uh, we've got your check mark for Zap. Here's another 80s uh, rom com. Well, Zap wasn't really a rom com. But an 80s rom-com, which I recently saw and quite enjoyed, uh, also starring uh, the formidable Jeff Goldblum at his Jeff Goldblumiest, a little movie called Vibes. Uh, yeah, Cindy Lauper, Vibes. Cindy Lauper. I saw Vibes. Psychic abilities. They go to Machu Picchu to search for some sort of like ancient relic. Uh, and that's about all I remember. But it was a lot of fun. Cindy Lauper is actually quite a delight uh, in, in, in the movies. She's great. She's fun. All right. Good deal. Vibes is a check mark. How about a little movie called Chud? I never saw Chud. Cannibalistic human humanoid underground dwellers. Underground dwellers. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> I it's know an acronym. I never I know saw Chud. Chud. Too. Never saw Chud either, Chuck. Um, but it's one that always comes up. All right, moving on. How about uh, an early trauma film that I saw on TV all the time back in the day called The Toxic Avenger? Yes, and I think that might be the only trauma film I've seen. Same. Yeah, not never, not not really my bag, but they used to play that movie on TV all the time, and it's the saddest sequence when the poor little janitor, uh, who's bullied like mercilessly, yeah, um, turns into the Toxic Avenger. He ends up like falling into a vat of toxic waste after being chased and beaten and bullied. Like I remember being kind of uh, troubled by it when I yeah. was young. I was like, this is a lot. Was Reanimator um, uh, trauma? It was not. That okay. that's a different guy. I forget his name, but it's 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 somebody who's kind of in that vein, um, who made a few other real you know schlocky kind yeah. of pictures like that. I, I did see that one though. All right, Chuck. How about a little movie uh, starring uh, a, a guy who, who we shall not name uh, called Leonard Part Six? Uh, Bill Cosby's Leonard Part Six. Yeah. Um, no, no, I never saw that. Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, but it was a notorious flop. Yes, uh, very bad movie, supposedly. 
And it sure as heck seems to me like that Pluto Nash movie mm-hmm. that uh, um, Eddie, uh, Murphy. Eddie Murphy did that also famously flopped had to have taken some cues from this movie because it's about like a space ranger type character. Uh, and it really seemed very similar and similarly absolutely tanked. At the yeah. Box office. Garbage movie. Garbage human. Indeed. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season... We are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How about the stuff? Have you seen the stuff? No, never heard of this stuff. It's like kind of like the blob, but a little okay. more gory. Um, <laughs> a little more nebulous. A little more, yeah. Than no, a blob it's, even. It's, it's some kind of product 
that like is like a skin cream or something. Um, the stuff, also known as Larry Cohen, it's a satirical science fiction horror film, uh, uh, and it stars Paul Sorvino. Oh, okay. Uh, and um, let's see. Uh, a private detective investigates a new consumer taste treat that's absolutely delicious and just possibly lethal. It's called called <laughs> which means very possibly, very possibly lethal. In fact, uh, guaranteed. All right, Chuck. How about Flash? Whoa, Master of the Universe, Gordon. Oh, Noel. Yes, yes, a thousand times yes. Is that eighties or is that still late seventies? No, it was eighties. Okay, that was just that was a man. Yes. The man's, man's courage. courage, you know, nothing yes. but a man. God, what a great song! I love that's it all. Queen, right? Yeah, I had that soundtrack LP, and I saw that movie a lot. I first was aware of that song uh, from Tenacious D. They did a cover. Oh, of, dude, he of crushes Flash. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? That movie holds up really well in the way that it holds up. You know what I mean? Yeah, give, give, go, go explain a little bit what you mean, well, like visually I mean, it, or just the plot? Yeah, I mean, it, it's not, it's obviously got all the effects of the day, so it, it do, it's not going to hold up in that way, but it, it holds up for what it was and what it was supposed to be, and it, it's great. It's still great. I love, love that movie. I, yeah, I, I, I need to see it again. He's a football player, right? Isn't that the deal? Yeah, he's uh, a quarter, quarterback for the Jets, I think. Okay, the New York Jets, it. if I'm not mistaken, in this version. I think for the longest time I was always confused thinking that Flash Gordon and The Flash were the same thing, but they're definitely not. Yeah, and there was some genuinely good... I mean, there was some schlock, but uh, Max von Sydow as Ming the Merciless was great. Oh, God, yes. And yes. the looking, leader looking, of the, looking the, the like Anton dudes. LaVey. Yeah, yeah, oh, God, was, yeah, he was great. The, the lead was kind of corny, but I mean, uh, it, it's good. I like it. I think it holds up. Timothy Dalton was in it. That's right. Timothy Dalton was in it. Okay. All right, Chuck, I think this is going to... So you're actually right now at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven um, out of... We've got uh, one, two, three, four, five left to go. So you've got you've got a chance to, to beat the ratio. Um, how about Piranha? Uh, yeah, I saw that first Piranha. There you go. There you go. I think, um, was that the one John Sales wrote or was, he, uh, was that a different one? I don't know, but I know they made quite a few other ones um and let's see oh piranha's 1978 so that sort of breaks my pattern a little bit but yeah right. it was uh directed by joe dante who directed uh Gremlins. oh that's right yeah yeah that was how about that first sort of creature feature that makes sense okay isn't it funny how you get a rep for that and then that's kind of what you do yeah uh what else did joe dante do he did some other stuff that wasn't creaturey um joe dante yeah, the howling. Yeah, he did the burbs. The burbs. Yeah, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks did the Small Soldiers. Okay. Remember right. that weird movie Matinee with John Goodman? I uh, quite enjoyed that. Yeah, that was it's Joe interesting. Dante. It's a weird one, right? Joe uh, Dante. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of an homage picture to uh, a time in cinema, or exactly right, and like yeah. B movie sort of before giant spiders situation. Yeah. yeah. Looks like he also directed Inner Space, which is the uh, one about God. like uh, shrinking Classic. people down, sticking them in a body. One wonderful um, movie in a movie. I don't often call for remakes, but I think they could do a great, great version of Inner Space if they kept that same tone and just had some modern day effects. Yeah. And he directed uh, one p portion of uh, the Twilight Zone movie 
Not oh. sure if it was the one where the people got hacked up by that helicopter uh, that kind of made that a cursed movie. That was John um, Landis. That's right. Uh, I am curious what Joe Dante did, though, because I loved that movie a lot. Uh, I bet you his was the um, the kid would the be the third my guess. segment is what they're they're saying in Wikipedia, but I don't know which uh, kick the can. So pro, so it looked like um, Steven Spielberg directed the second segment, Joe Dante the third segment, and uh, George Miller the final act, and then Landis directed the prologue, the first segment, and the epilogue. Yeah, I think Joe Dante's was the the kid. Um, I love that movie. It was great. Spielberg, of course, did Kick the Can. That was the sort of more uh, magical, feel-good segment. Very I've actually Spiel never Spielberg seen it. Game. I'm going to check it's it out. It's good. It's really good. Have you seen the new uh, the new, the new Twilight Zone that um, Jordan Peele did? No. Already canceled, though. I don't think it did too well. Well, that's because it was only on that like paywall app. There was no uh, way was else it? to get it. Yeah. It was so all, all Access or whatever it was called. just don't think it's a smart move. Um, all right, how, many, how many no's do I have? And how many yeses do I have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see. So, so far you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight yeses. Okay. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight noes. Okay. With four to go. Great. Yeah, exactly. All right. Next we've got, and I know this is seventies, so it's fine. We're just, we're, we're like on the cusp. Mm -hmm. uh, silent running. Uh, I don't think I ever saw that. I know the movie sci-fi film. I don't think I can honestly say that I saw that. It's got so Bruce, no. Bruce Dern yeah, in it. Yeah, um, yeah. He's, on, he's on sort of like a, a colony in space um, with like some like droids and sort of a biodome spaceship experiment. And something about like home base is going to blow it up or something like that because they're that too far right. out. Yeah. I, okay. <laughs> um, I haven't seen it either, but I've, I've heard it's very sci-fi, like synthy kind of vibes. And yeah. I think big big sci-fi movie from that era. All right. Well, there's still, there's still a chance here, Chuck. How of about course. scanners? Oh, yes, of course. In fact, uh, uh, that's what Lauren and I covered on this show, if I'm not Is mistaken. Is that right? Oh, no, no, no. We did... Uh... Oh, shit. Now I'm just totally blanking. Uh, we did the other one. <laughs> another another Cronenberg? <laughs> yeah, what did we do? What's the other Cronenberg movie? We need to have Lauren lot. back on here. Yeah, she's great. Uh, it looks like you did Videodrome. Yeah, Videodrome. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Classic. I saw Scanner. Scanners was, uh, my brother and I were sort of into that uh, Fangoria magazine kind of For early, sure. early uh, um, gore effects stuff mm -hmm. when we could sneak it. And uh, I snuck scanners, faux show. And, and now it's just a perfectly uh, appropriate gif for like a blowing your mind kind of moment, you know, when that guy's head explodes. Oh, is that a good gif? Yeah. It's a good gif. That. Just the head exploding one. All right, Chuck, we got two left. Swamp Thing, the Wes Craven Swamp Thing. Yes, very much oh, so. Adrian okay. Barbeau and uh, okay. who was okay. the guy in that? The guy from the Bond movies. Is it? Who is it? I don't uh, even. I just think I don't even think of the. I don't even think of there as being a person under that. It's the, yeah, the suit looks no, no, so no, cool. Not, he wasn't the Swamp Thing. He was. Um, he was the 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 creepy guy. Timothy Dalton. No, we're uh, Louis jo uh, Louis Jordan. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, 1982. I really think that that was a really cool uh, creature costume. The makeup and the practicals in that were, were pretty good. Yeah, not bad. Adrienne Barbeau was the prettiest lady in the world, I thought, in 1981. 
And she went on to do some interesting stuff. Like she was in The Fog and Escape yeah. from New York. She's kind of a screen and, queen. Uh-huh. But then she was also in um, the much beloved and uh, dead, killed out, killed off too soon Carnival on HBO. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I heard they were going to make a graphic novel uh, picking up, you know, the huge cliffhanger that like ended Carnival uh, and left a lot of people kind of irritated uh but i have to follow up on that and see if that exists all right chuck i think i think if i'm not mistaken you can count uh i think i'm one up with one to go so oh good is that right i think so let's see so with the nose you got one two three four five uh sorry one two three four five six seven eight nine nose and yep that's right all right here we go so Last one. the worst, the worst I'll do is ten and ten. That's exactly right. But I All think right. you're, I think you might, you might clinch it. All right, it. Noel, let's hear it. All right, a little known movie. <laughs> okay, directed by yes. an auteur. Mm. It's not a little known. I'm joking. It's very, very known, but it was uh, much maligned, and a guy never really did anything like this ever again. It's definitely outside of his particular canon, <laughs> and something that he kind of talks about very negatively, if at all. Uh, a movie called Dune. Fuck, dude. I never saw Dune. You never saw Dune. I never saw Dune. I never saw Dune. I'll say it. I'm Chuck Bryant. I have a, a movie podcast and I've never seen Dune. It's it's not. I mean, it's look, it, it's it's interesting. It was it's very clear they ran out of money mm-hmm. and the movie kind of. And it's one of those things where. You immediately have a red flag because there's all of this voiceover exposition at the beginning yeah. where you're like, this was clearly added in post. Uh, and, you know, they obviously were like, because it's a it's a complex world where there's a lot of weird politics and a lot of words that you have to kind of, you know, buy into like the language of the different things that exist in this world. So they, you know, the very beginning of the movie, there's this whole massive exposition that's with voiceover over like just shots of the, the kind of planet. Um, but yeah, it's weird. There's a couple of interesting things that happen in it. Uh, Lynch obviously gave it his all, but it wasn't the kind of movie you'd think he would do. And I'm not quite sure why he did it, but yeah. Um, I'm really looking forward to the, uh, Villeneuve, uh, version that hopefully we'll, I'm we'll definitely going to see that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think at the, at the time I, there were just so many bad reviews of it as a kid. I just remember thinking like, I don't, I don't need to see this or it was really boring for a sci-fi movie. And I think that turned me off of it and I just never did it. And I have no, I never read the book or anything. So it wasn't like a Dune guy. Totally. So uh, yeah, definitely going to see it, the new one though. It, it is boring. It's it's absolutely boring. And even the book is kind of boring. Um, it's a lot of like, you know, like I said, like world building, but there's not always a ton of action. And if there yeah. is, there's a lot of dead space in between the action. So um, I think Villeneuve is probably going to knock it up a notch because I just loved what he did with the Blade Runner universe. And it, it, it reminds me of that kind of vibe. Chuck, you did 50-50, man. That's, 10 and 10, uh, I'll take that's, it. That's not bad. Um, I will take it, dude. Thank you for th- doing those on the fly. Of course. I think that was a quality list. Uh, I wish I could say I have some movies to add to my list to watch, but I, I don't know if Munchies and and Critters are going to... I'm kind of ashamed I saw Zapped. You're not going to run out and see Mac and Me uh, right now? I don't think so. I think all you need is those, those Paul Rudd clips really going to give you the whole... <laughs> picture yeah the whole thing about that movie is it famously was like sponsored by mcdonald's right and it, it, like it's got all this mcdonald's product uh-huh, placement and even place. his name is mac 
he's named after the Big Mac, you know. So that's pretty. Is his last name Donald? Uh, he doesn't have a last name, Chuck. He's okay. a space alien. <laughs> well, shit. I didn't. Sorry, I didn't know they only had first names. <laughs> it was just the nickname that the kid gave him, you know, like E.T. Well, uh, T is the last name. His first name is true. Extra. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> hey, yo, come here, Extra. Hey, get over. Remember here. how they said that all the time? All right, I dude. do. Well, that was a lot of fun, Noel. Uh, yeah, man. Ten for ten. I'll take it, and that'll wrap it up for this one. So uh, we'll see everyone next week. Bye. Movie Crush is produced and written by Charles Bryant and Noel Brown, edited and engineered by Seth Nicholas Johnson, and scored by Noel Brown here in our home studio at Pont City Market, Atlanta, Georgia, for iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds looking fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear leaves and debris with the 40-volt leaf blower. No cords, no gas, no hassle. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at the Home Depot and on homedepot.com. How doers get more done.